Everybody 30 on Broadway, back after the disappointing end to the Rangers season, but we are back on our new home, 30 on Broadway uh, and the Faceoff Hockey Network, uh, now officially on Transistor, so no longer with uh, Anchor FM as we've we've grown a bit to where uh, we've decided to make the change, so something that we've, I've been looking at for a long time and Transistor has kind of always been on the radar, and we've made the switch. So uh, really excited to be here, really excited to be uh, on the uh, the Transistor side on, on the hosting for the podcast. And that's all that really changes. Uh, well, also the other big thing that changes is now 30 on Broadway, you can catch it separate from uh, the rest of the uh, Faceoff Hockey Network. So 30 on Broadway, two for roofing, um, the, shows that are, the shows that are coming in, in down the line. Um, as well as any other shows that we we add on, uh, all have their own separate feeds. So if you're listening to this for the first time and you're wondering, wow, where was where the hell has this Rangers podcast been? Well, we've been in we've been apparently hiding, <laughs> and uh, now here we are. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I am sitting here like a curmudgeon. <laughs> like a curmudgeon. What the hell? I I am angry. Oh, you're angry. Like, right, not, well, we'll get into why you're angry. Not angry, but I am annoyed. Damn it! I, I thought we, I thought we, want, I thought you wanted to talk about your golf, like similar to the Rangers. We're now, we're now out golfing. You got new golfing I, shoes. I did. I got you know. Well, and that, you got that, a golfing attire. You're ready for a golf getaway I, this weekend. I, I am ready to go away this weekend. Mm-hmm. Ready for you know some golf on Saturday, some baseball on Sunday. Is the know. ball going to go further than your clubs? Depends on what hole. Maybe early on. The first but... hole is always the ugliest. No, not for me. Sometimes not it's for, different, not, though. Not for me. For me, it's in reverse. It's So I'll never forget one of the last times I played golf. I went with a buddy of mine. And uh, right first, first hole, I hit this beautiful tee shot. Just absolute first hole, absolutely gorgeous, right on the fairway. Just an absolute thing of beauty. Like, you, you, I couldn't have hit it any better if I wanted to. So I'm like, all right, it's going to be, this is going to be a good day. Cause, like, usually my first hole, the ball like slices. And I'm like, well, damn it, here we go. You know, yeah. But, you know, I was pretty pumped, pretty amped. And then my second shot hooked and I almost uh, put it in the road that was running adjacent to the course. <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, I'm like, yep, that's about right." All right, there we go. That's that's what we're gonna have today. Yeah, it's always so, fun when you put a ball on the other fairway. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> whoops. Yeah, you know, I I was just like, because I looked at my buddy when I hit my drive, and I'm like, "Ooh," I'm like, "Dude, look," I'm like, "We're on it today," like right down the middle of the fairway. And he's like, "All right," and then yeah, and then yeah, no, it was it was bad. I did not do good. But much like much like uh, much like Mark Andre Fleury led, uh, on Monday night against Minnesota and oh, the chance to close them out. Ouch. He he did he did not do good. Uh, yeah, no, no. I will say this. All right, so let's let's jump right into it. Um, kind of like my driver that you know the ball seems like it's going to take off and then it goes sky high and it drops only like 120 yards. You think it's like a 300 yarder and it's freaking like nowhere. Um, is that because you always hear me in your head say, Harambe, no! No. 
No, it's weird. Sometimes, like, I find that if I if I try to hit it too hard, I will do that. If I just go up and whip it, then I usually whip it real good. But if, if I don't, like, I don't know. I, I feel like if I if I try to focus too much, I screw it up. I don't know what it is. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Chris yeah. has two kids. <laughs> oh my god! Shut the hell up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into this. So the season ended. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chris has no idea how to rebound oh, off that one. He has right. no idea. So Complete I'm going to start thoughts? working on back cataloging. Hopefully, if I can, back catalog the 30 on Broadway episodes that are under the Face Off Hockey Network one. Right now, if I can get them onto this feed, so people aren't like, "Oh, these guys are," you know, because we've been around a little bit. We've 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 seen a thing or two. We are like farmers of the uh, of the New York Rangers podcast. Because we've seen a thing or two. Maybe that should be our theme song. We, then we we'll get sued like, right away. Um, but watching this postseason so far has told has, has really validated a, a fact for me that this team currently constructed is not built right now to compete in the playoffs against, against almost any of these teams. Um, maybe take Pittsburgh and the Islander series out of it and, and maybe Montreal. Uh, but a lot of these other, these other series, like, could you imagine the Rangers going up against Florida or Tampa right now? I mean, it'd be a bloodbath. I think the, the Rangers could beat Florida. I, I think they could they beat could, them, but could, it's, they could, they're going to get they, beat up in the process. No, I think a lot of the Florida-Tampa series and all that good back and forth, is because those teams really just don't like each other. But the thing that I see is, you know, you look at that, you look at the Washington Bruins series, um, and and you look at the depth players, and this is a problem on the Rangers. The depth players really come into the fold and become important pieces of of, of the puzzle. Um, you, you look at um, out, out west, you know, Vegas comes to mind. Vegas, a team that's top end, is not getting much production. Max Pacioretty still hasn't suited up yet. If not for their bottom, their their bottom depth scores or those guys coming up and stepping up, this is a totally different series. You know, now I know it's close. It's a three two series going back to Minnesota, which gives you which gives you concern. But you know, you look at that, and then you look at a team like Colorado, which is just in another class of itself in the, with against the rest of the league. Um, and, and you sit there and you say, all right, you know what? The Rangers need to make they need to make some adjustments here. Um, does it still go back and say, do you still do you still go back and say, Jesus, what the hell was Dolan thinking with all this that happened? Sure. I agree. Um, but the Rangers do. They need to get a little bit, they need to get that a little bit more of an edge. They need to get grittier. And not in terms of players that can't play. They need to get a guy. You know, like Blake Coleman, like Ryan Reeves, those bottom six kind of guys that were actually perfectly honest. They they need Jesper Foss back. Foss on this team would have been would have really um, helped that bottom six if he's deployed correctly, which right. we all know David Quinn will not deploy him correctly because <laughs> David Quinn is an idiot. The thing, so, well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, it's, that, that 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 ship has sailed. Um, but you know, you kind of wonder, you know, the conversations and and whatnot that led to 
to Gordon and Davidson being both let go. And you wonder if the conversations were frank to the point where it said, hey, this team needs to change. And, you know, there was pushback. You know, I'm not going to speculate because there's been enough speculation on this whole thing. And it's 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 over and done with at this point. It doesn't matter anymore. But you can you can realistically sit there and say that this team does need to make some adjustments. They, they do. Now, is it going out and, and blowing things up to try to grab a Jack Eichel and then putting yourselves into – into cap peril, contrary to what a lot of people, you know, want to think. A, a previous episode of, of this, we did, we broke it down. If the Rangers were to land Jack Eichel, if they were to get Jack Eichel via trade, you know, at what cost would it be, and where would they have money? And even with the trade of, you know, moving guys like a Filipino or a Vitali Kratsov, who are two names that have come up, you know, we talked about it. I, I think the 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 long term answer at the third center is not Filipino. Um, I think – not taken away from him, I think he's a good player. I just don't think he's progressed to the point where you're saying, okay, that's that's the spot. You know, I, I feel like he's more suited on a wing. And I think you even said that. Yep. The, the problem is, is they got no place on the wing for him. They have absolutely no spot. You know, even even with without Kratzoff in the picture, you have no spot for him. Um, so he becomes the trade dangle bait. You know, Vitaly Kratsov is another one that becomes a trade dangle bait. And a lot of that is because of of, of their re-signing of Chris Kreider. Um, and you, you sit there and you say, all right, do they package those together, a couple of prospects, a couple of picks, and do they do they use that as leverage to try to get a Jack Eichel out of, out of Buffalo? You know, what else does it take? And now you sit there and you say, okay, well, now you have Jack Eichel, Mika Zibanejad, and Ryan Strom down the middle. Great. I think a lot of people would say, hey, that's really solid. That's really strong. But then when we sat down and we started looking at it, and we started looking at, well, you know what? you got to re-sign Igor Shesterkin. you got to re-sign Adam Fox. You've got to re-sign. You know, there's a lot of pieces that have to get, get re-signed. And then you have a really big decision, you know, just a, just a short season after this of what do you do with Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strom? And we came up with numbers. We just spitballed, I think, with – even re-signing Mika Zibanejad and where we could fit things in, I think we, we got to a point where without even re-signing, I think we had $14 million left with bringing with having Eichel, Mika on the roster, no Heedle, no Kratzoff. Um, I believe we had Butchnevich still on the roster. And, and we had $14 million and then we were like, oh, crap. You got Keandre Miller, you got Adam Fox. We didn't even have those penciled in yet, and I believe there was one other player. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we, we looked at it and we said, well, there's, there's, the money's not there. It's realistically not there. Yep. So the the, per- the point of it is is that if they're going to go and get Jack Eichel, it's going to hurt. You know, can the Rangers expend? Is Philip Heedle expendable? I would say at this point right now, unfortunately, Yes. Is Vitaly Kratsov expendable? Right now, unfortunately, yes. But still, making that, you're still going to have pain somewhere else in the lineup, whether it's it's the decisions on Ryan Strom and Mika's advantage or it's the decisions on Pavel Buchnevich. You know, it's the decisions on how many bridge deals can you do until it burns you and backfires in your face. You know, those well, are that, all things that well, jury has to kind of work with. You know, you're talking about Jack Eichel, and I find it funny because – now, don't you know? Aren't you're you're on Ranger social media? Don't you know now? All we're doing, we're trading for Connor McDavid. Well, yeah, but but you get what I'm that, saying, that, like that's like the, that type of that type of player that's going to command that kind of money. 
I personally don't think the Rangers are going to get Jack Eichel. I personally think. Oh, I disagree. When you, when you I, take away the talent, I think there's a concern there on the injury side. I I have fully resigned myself to the fact that Jack Eichel will be a New York Ranger. I, I think it's whether going to I like it or only, not. I think the only way it happens is if Chris Drury gets it at a bargain. And I don't think Buffalo – I think Buffalo is going to be incredibly stubborn about it. I don't think Buffalo is going to let Jack Eichel go for nothing, but I don't think Buffalo is going to get anywhere near what they should think that they should get for Eichel. And a lot of that is purely not because of the play and because of, of any of that stuff, purely because of this whole fiasco that's going on behind the scenes with the injury. I mean, well, that, you're talking that, about management that, in disagreement with the player, player in disagreement with the doctors, you know, doctors pitted against each other. I mean, it's it's a mess. It's an absolutely messy situ- Buffalo, situation at Buffalo right now. Buffalo isn't getting what they thought they were going to get for Eichel purely based off the fact that Eichel dropped a nuke on everybody and said, well, you right. know, wherever I wherever I wind up playing next year. Yeah, the body language and everything from that presser where he talked about his injury and all of that and then how the, you know, the surgery hasn't happened. You know, he wants to have it corrected. The team is, you know, that that was probably outside of him flat out coming out and saying, I don't want to skate in Buffalo another minute. That was just about as bad as 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 he could have had. And the value, I think, got diminished a little bit because of the injury. I think no, the value I took think a so. hit. I think it took a hit because of that presser. I mean, the the value for the, the injury to me killed all uh, value, but. I don't think an NHL team is going to see it that way. I think an NHL team is just going to say, "Look, he wants out of there. Let's go, let's go get him out of there." So I think it comes at a point where you know if the Rangers can land it in a steal. But even I mean, to me, if you're trading Philip Hedl and Vitaly Kratsov and picks to get Jack Eichel, that's that's pretty much a steal. I would I would think. But you still have the 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 concerns on where you're fitting this all in. So then you have to look at all right, Mika Zibanejad flipped the pages a bit towards the end of the season, played much better. Ryan Strom has shown that he's not a product of Artemi Panarin. I mean, we've, we've clearly seen that this year. That's corrected a lot of people, including myself. Um, now you look at, okay, do the Rangers go and look to upgrade at the third and fourth line centers? They absolutely have to. They cannot roll Brett Howden out there next season. I can't imagine in a million years that Brett Howden steps on the ice as a Ranger next year. He, he has to be a Hartford Wolfpack or, or not even – not even rights retained. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing there. Um, and you know, what do you do? Do you upgrade your third your third line center at a at a at a much more reasonable cost? And maybe you bring in a third line center that's got a bit more of the grit. Is a I bit would like. More... I would like to get Adam Lowry. Yeah, I mean, you bring in a guy like that, a guy that's got the sandpaper that they're talking about. You know, he's got that little bit of a snarl to himself, is not going to be a pushover, and can actually win faceoffs. So that when you're in defensive positions or you're in these positions where you need a big faceoff win, you know, whether it's in a, a game or a playoffs or whatnot, and you're in your own zone and you've got to get a faceoff win, you've got that guy in the hopper. Right now, the Rangers really don't have that. And he can also, he can also play on the second power play unit. And he can put up points. So... You know, so there there are, you know, the players that are available that are kind of flying under the radar because everybody sees the flashy thing. They see, oh, Jack Eichel, you know, wants out of Buffalo. Or they see now that the lunacy of Connor McDavid, 
Well, I, look, know, the I, Connor McDavid stuff, which I think is, I, I, I don't know. Could you? I mean, if, could you imagine Connor McDavid on the Rangers? Oh my god! I mean, I uh, would love it. I would the, love it. The New York Rangers at that point would be brought to you by Pornhub. I mean, because you get to watch Connor McDavid feed Artemi Panarin pucks. God, <laughs> like that. That's just. That's just the stuff right there that, that dreams are made of. But, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of decisions that they have to make. There's a lot of important decisions on pieces of the roster where a lot of people tend to kind of just say, look the other way or say, you know what, it's not the top six, so whatever. But they're critically important. And the perfect example of that was, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning, their bottom six is a reason, is a big, huge reason why they won the Stanley Cup. The St. Louis Blues, the the tweaks that they did after players like Tarasenko and Petrangelo, a huge reason why they won the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, you can you can go through and look and see. Well, look look at the Washington Capitals when they won. Lars yeah. Eller, third line center, key contributor. Devontae Smith, Pelly, fourth liner, key contributor. Like you need the secondary. You know, I notice it. I notice it a lot in like outdoor games. You know, but the playoffs mostly. Yes, do you need your best players to be your best players? Absolutely. But you also need to have quality depth in order to... Look, when the LA Kings won their second Stanley Cup, Mike Richards was their fourth-line center. Right. Mike Richards was their fourth-line center. Yep. All right? Like, I mean, come on. They had depth out the ass. Yeah. And that and that's what it takes to win in the playoffs. Yeah, you, so, you're, if your top guys get neutralized, which is a, a key component of any team's, you know, attack to try to win the series against you. Look, you Winnipeg just, did it perfectly against Connor McDavid. Yeah, I mean they yeah. Which you know, what a sideshow that series turned out to be. Yeah, well, Mike Smith sucks and I mean we all knew that. Mike it, Smith didn't have a bad game for he actually made a lot of big saves in Game Four. Yeah, but the problem is it doesn't mean anything when you gave away the first three. But and yeah. he he gave away Game Two and he gave away Game Three. Yeah, I mean the Game Three especially was was an albatross, and that really, you know, just just you, you sit there and you say, you know what, we, we we talked about this. You don't just go out and get top centers unless you you know you don't get guys like Artemi Panarin usually via free agency or a trade unless something just falls in your lap. And in this case, the Rangers got lucky. They got Panera. You usually don't get those types of players without drafting. You usually don't get the top top goaltenders or elite goaltenders without drafting. I mean, um, well, just just look at the recent cup champions, okay? I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exclude St. Louis from this. But uh, last year, Andre Vasilevsky. Drafted, homegrown. Uh, St. Louis won the year before that. Washington. Bennington was still a home. Uh, well, I know Washington. he bounced around, but he was still a yeah. system guy. But Washington, Braden Holpe, drafted, developed. Yep. Uh, who won? Uh, oh, Pittsburgh. I, you know, I don't think he's good, but Matt Murray. Drafted, homegrown. You know, the guy that helped get them there, Mark andre Fleury, drafted, homegrown. Um, uh, cup winner before Pittsburgh was who? Was it the Blackhawks? 
Yeah, Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford was was homegrown. Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick was a homegrown. I mean, so you you see the trend. (laughs) Yeah, the majority. Yeah, the majority, and pretty much all of their top tier talent. You know, you just go through that list. Patrice Bergeron drafted homegrown. Andre Kopitar drafted homegrown. Dustin Brown drafted homegrown. Taze Kane drafted homegrown. Sid Malkin, Drew Doughty, Kopitar. Yeah, I mean, Stamkos, <laughs> Hedman, Point, Kucherov, Palat, Tyler Johnson. The system that they're drafting. You know, like, the, the, the main fact is, if you want to win in this league, it's not done via free agency. You have to draft and develop your talent. Yeah, your, your free agency is more of your complementary pieces that you yep. use to fit in to, to fit your mold. And, again, Tampa executed it perfectly. Tampa, it was perfect with what they executed. Patrick Maroon. You know, you know, St. Louis, the same thing, even with, you know, bringing in Pat, Patty Maroon themselves. Um, you know, you look at the the teams that won cups with Pittsburgh, you know, the the moves that they brought in, the complimentary pieces like a Phil Kessel, um, you know, guys that had playoff depth experience, you know, even, you know, we always joke about Carl Hagelin, um, but Carl Hagelin had a wealth of playoff experience, that not many players have because of the, the success that the Rangers were having, you know, granted not getting to the, you know, granted outside of 14, not getting there, but they had extended deep runs pretty much throughout a, a pretty extended period. Um, but yeah, you, you can look at all of those guys and all those pieces that are brought in to, to fit the mold. And that's what the Rangers need to do right now. That's the, that's the point. That's the stage that the Rangers are at. Um, it's it's Free. not necessarily swinging out for a grand slam out of the park and breaking right. the bank. Free. It's more or less building up your 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 support system around your nucleus in to where opinion, you're able to compete long term. In my opinion, trade uh, trade deadline and free agency. That is the point where you where you have a contender and you are rounding out your roster. Right. Those are the that's the time where you're bringing in guys like Tampa Bay, Barkley, Good, Jerome, Blake Coleman. At the deadline to complete what you already have assembled, so the Rangers know what their nucleus is. They know what their core is. You know, Lafreniere, Kako, Zavanajad, Panarin, Fox. Uh, Fox, Miller, Truba, Lindgren, Shesterkin. I mean, so, like, you have the you there's have a lot the, of pieces there. Yeah, like you have the new core. You have the building blocks. Now you have to go through and round out the roster. And I had actually written something about that, saying that Heedle should not be the third-line center. He should be moved off to the wing, which, you know, of course, there's not a lot of space on the wing. But you have to not make the big – it's not about making the big move. Say what People can say what they want. I believe that you can win with Ryan Strom as your second or third-line center. If you – if you round, if you construct your roster the correct way, I believe you can win with Ryan Strom on your roster. Yeah, I mean they just they have to they have to add tweaks. And again, they, to me the biggest thing is they've got to add a third and fourth line center that can win faceoffs and is a physical is a physical force. Even like a guy like Carl Soderberg, a lot of people don't talk about him. Carl Soderberg is a very good depth center. Yeah, I, I like Carl Soderberg. Even when he was with the Coyotes, I thought I thought Colorado had a misstep when they traded him. When they when they traded him to the Coyotes for I think it was Kevin Connaughton, 
on defense. And Joe Sackick valued him so much that he brought him back. Yeah, and, you know, Soderberg leaves the Coyotes, which I thought was a misstep by them. He goes to Chicago, and then he ends up going back to Colorado. Um, but, you know, Carl Soderberg is another one of those guys. He's a big body. You're not going to push him around. You're not going to push him off the puck easily. And he can also put in points. Um, you're really not getting that with anyone on the bottom six outside of of Blackwell. And he's not a big body. But I actually yeah. like Kevin Rooney, too. I, I think Rooney is a... Uh, I, I don't like, like Rooney, but the thing with, with him is he... I don't know if he's big enough to be that for like to me the ideal fourth line center for this team is going out and getting a Brian Boyle type. No. You need somebody who can skate. This league is all about skating. As much as I love Boyle, Boyle can't skate. I mean he could never skate to begin with and yeah, but you need, the you league need has only that, gotten faster. Yeah, you need that type of player. Maybe Boyle was not the 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 the, the perfect Example, but in terms of like the size and hands, but if you could get that piece with, that I'll can take, also skate. I'll take Kevin Rooney over Brian Boyle. No, I disagree with you there. I I, I think there. Rooney showed you enough this year that he could be a viable, a viable part to a lineup. But I think it depends on what they do at the rest of the core. Yeah, the, it it all depends on roster construction. Look, yeah. you don't want to look like the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, and honestly, that was going to be one of my questions for the day: is who would you rather be at this point? Would you rather have been the Rangers and have the disappointing bow out and all the turmoil that's come with it, or would you rather be the Edmonton Oilers? And I think still nine point nine or ten out of ten, you're taking the New York Rangers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ed- Edmonton. What what I, Edmonton did? They what they're doing to McDavid is and Drysaddle. Yeah, Drysaddle too. But D- Drysaddle is really good, and I I I I'm a big Leon Drysaddle fan. But what the Oilers are doing to Connor McDavid is criminal. It is criminal. Yeah. Connor McDavid is a truly people are starting to throw this this term around too much too generational Connor mcdavid is generational but then you also have the people that are you know ripping him apart i mean look the the overtime goal was bad the overtime goal was a terrible giveaway he had a couple of rough giveaways in that game but you know what he's one guy he's one guy and after him and dry i mean ryan nugent hopkins was an absolute no-show no, an absolute no show for Edmonton. Yeah, but at least they have Tyler Ennis. I mean, everybody after that was 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 a non-factor. Yeah, a but, complete non-factor. But Tyler, even Ennis. Tyson Berry, offensive-wise, what you need from him on defense was not there. It wasn't there. I mean, Winnipeg, Winnipeg is a team that just, to me, Winnipeg took their experience with guys like Wheeler, you know, Wheeler, Shifley, Stastny. Uh, Lowry, Cobb, Connor, those guys, they just packaged it up together and they embarrassed. I mean, they flat out well, embarrassed the Oilers. I'll say, I'll say this. I think this is where – this was one series where I think the the format this year hurt the Edmonton Oilers because I think playing against them so much and McDavid all year abused them. He did. 
And I think they saw, okay, this this kind of coverage against him didn't work. So pretty much we're just going to sell out every guy on the ice when he's on the ice. We're going to be a magnet to McDavid because we literally are not afraid of anybody else on the Oilers. And Hellebuck, you could you could stop them if they get a shot off. Yeah, like that to me seemed like it was Winnipeg strategy. Where, all right, we're just gonna, you know what? Forget this. Three guys, go get Connor. Everybody else, you know, just don't get burned. But had this have been something that you talked about, an article that you wrote on the FHN.net today about, you know, this whole play-in tournament and things with the NBA. Even if we went back, if we went back to the one through eight, Edmonton would have drafted, would have, would have faced Nashville. Um, that would have been their first round matchup because they would have finished fourth. Um, and I don't know if they, I don't know if they knock them off. I mean, look at what Nashville's doing to Carolina right now. And Carolina is a much better team than the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, they're not even on the same, the same wavelength. But um, you know, even going to the divisionals. Go into the normal, the normal divisions, um, just to pull up real quick. Of course, it doesn't want to give me that now. You know, even if you go in the West, they would have drawn against. They would have been the second seed behind Vegas. And they would have played no one else because <laughs> because the West Division, the Pacific Division is such a tire fire this year. But they would have been a second seed team in the Pacific Division. And they would have drawn, they actually would have drawn, had the playoffs been a normal format, and everything normal, and I know this is being, you know, this is pipe dreaming here, but they would have drew the Calgary Flames. That would have been a series everyone and their mother would have wanted to see. No, because they would have wiped the floor with Calgary. Well, they should have. Yeah, they should have. Oh, wait, what are we doing with all this NHL talk? We are, that is for two for roughing. But what I'm saying is, well, the comparison was, who would you rather be? Would you rather be the Rangers, or would you rather be the Edmonton Oilers? And then also part of it was... Part of it was talking about, you know, there's there's so many teams that you can go through that are in the playoffs right now that, yeah, we're kind of, you know, we, we didn't pick, neither one of us picked the Rangers to make the playoffs, but we also pointed into, you know, very specific moments where we felt that the Rangers could have, but got handcuffed. And a lot of that came down to, to coaching decisions and things that didn't work out. And we obviously see the end result. But had they snuck in, I don't really think they had any shot of getting out of the first round. If they snuck in, they would have been swept or gone down in about five games. The only team I think they possibly could have beaten was Washington. If they got the Islanders, they would have got manhandled. If they had the Penguins, they would have got manhandled. I don't know about the Penguins, though, because uh, of Jari. They they would have lost those. I don't know about because of Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari is losing the Penguins. He's the only reason they're losing their series right now. Only because they would have lost that series because Mike Sullivan is so much a better coach than David Quinn. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be it would be a big factor. But I just I look at it and I say, you know what, Pittsburgh should have won the series already if it wasn't for Tristan Jari. I mean, they could have swept the Islanders. They could have swept them. 
if they had a better goaltender, they would have. Yeah. I mean, you can't even disagree. And, I'm, and it's not because we're a Ranger podcast and we're, we're bashing the Islanders. But a, a, a slightly above average or even average goaltending. The, the goal that Jordan Everly scored on Monday night was one of the worst things I've ever seen and in my entire life. And then the Josh Bailey overtime goal was atrocious. I mean, purely atrocious. Um, Jari I mean, that stinks. Is, that, is, that is beer league hockey garbage from Jari. I mean, that's what it is. Um, but, yeah, you know, to your point, Mike Sullivan, God only knows how that, that coaching thing would have gone. Now, final, final point on today's episode. Um, the coaching vacancy, the, can, the candidates continue. We know Gerard Gallant interviewed before going to the Worlds. And people need to calm down about this. People are freaking out about this world. I, who the hell? I, people really watch the worlds. Like, honestly, I have, I've never, I, 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 I have never, never watched a single game of it because I feel like it's tune-up hockey. And this year, even worse because of the COVID restrictions and everything. I mean, people are freaking out that Gerard Gallant has got the Canadian club 0-3. Yet Sweden is terrible. Finland is terrible. I mean, remember the last Olympics? Dude, all you have to do if you want to see how bad the world's is, look at the USA roster. Yeah, I mean, Colin Blackwell is the top center. Just an advocator. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's a joke. And I don't mean to insult anybody, but Jesus. There's college teams that would mop the floors of these clubs. It's a joke. Come on. Like really, well, I, people are like, "Oh, Gerard Gallant, he's he's really killing his coaching chances." Like, really? Yeah, you think yeah, okay. anyone even pays attention outside of you know maybe some scouts or something trying to watch just to see what their players are doing or how let they're progressing? You, so, you think you anyone so. cares about the worlds? Let me tell you something. If you don't hire Gerard Gallant based off of the World Championships in a year where players didn't want to go over anyway if they were eligible because it's a bubble. Yeah. They they guess what? If you're a GM that doesn't want to hire him, then you need to be fired. You should not be a GM. Immediately. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy, but you know, and then we, we know so we know Gallant interviewed already. Rick Tockett well, was on the docket. We have yeah. seen from uh we have seen from sauces that uh the Rangers want a coach who does coach things, so Yeah that well, is, that's, uh, that's whatever. <laughs> you know, um we do like to poke fun at some of the the just ridiculousness of, of social media. Just if you're listening for the first time, we, we do tend to poke fun at some of the absolutely ridiculous hot takes that are that are on there. But um, we do know Rick Tockett was, was a candidate. God help us all. Bruce Boudreaux, who I wouldn't mind seeing Bruce behind the bench as the power play guy. I don't know if he wants to be an assistant. If Bruce Boudreaux is the Rangers head coach, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand for at least three years. I just years. don't expect defense. There will be no defense. And you'll be great during the regular season. But after the second round of the playoffs, all bets are off, baby. And if we get to a seventh game, forget it. Um, Bob Hartley was another name. No. He got and I don't exiled. know if that's more or less because of the connection. He got exiled to Siberia for a reason. Leave his for- ass there. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the Calgary Flames grossly, grossly underperformed this year. But when he was there, when they had better teams, 
three of the four years out, not not making the playoffs. Um, even though he did win the Jack Adams with them once. Um, but people are like, well, he just won the Gagarian Cup with a Vanguard Omsk with the KHL. Whatever. I don't care. I, I don't care. Um, right, but the, the funny thing is the same people that will tell you that, that he did that, will also tell you that the KHL isn't a real league and what players do over there don't matter. So, you know, people love to pick and choose, you know, pretty much how how life in this day and age works. The narrative. You know, Claudulian is another name that comes to uh, that comes nope. up. Thank, I like Claude Julian. I always have. But Habs fans have not been enamored with the growth or lack thereof of Yesperi Kokinyemi. So if they don't like that, I don't need him near Capocaco or Alexi Lafreniere. But is that more of a player issue? I don't because know. I'll, but this... I'll argue this. The Canadians did not get better when they fired Claude Julien. They, they didn't, but here's the here's the thing. With the Rangers where they're at right now, where it's a lot of young talent, if people are saying that he didn't do a good job developing Kakinyemi, who was a top three pick, yeah, sorry. I don't need I don't need you mixing in with this young core. Nope. Nope. If it if this was a veteran laden team where, you know, it was all vet if it, if this was the uh, an Elaine Vigneault team, then yeah, what Claude Julian would be my guy, perfect guy for the job. And then another another coach that is a, a current in the system, Chris Knobloch, who we saw come up during the COVID COVID outbreak between the coaching staff. We liked how he managed the game. We we know he wasn't doing the day to day or the lineup stuff because that was being done by David Quinn, but the in game pieces of it. But it's just a question of is it is it not the right moment? Well, just remember, Chris Knobloch coached Connor McDavid at Erie. So when the New York Rangers when the New York Rangers inevitably trade for Connor McDavid, because you know just go on social media. So, I will say though that time that he carried that he covered for Quinn, that was some of the best hockey that the Rangers played this season. Lafreniere looked great, and the team kind of the tide turned a bit from there. Yep. You know, a lot of people we were arguing back and forth that the season was over, and then that stretch came, and then we were like, and then I was like, okay, wait a minute, you know, um. I just think he'll stay in Hartford. I, I think it's it might be too soon. Um, there's a couple other pieces out here. I, I can't. There's no way in my life that I think that Patrick Waugh would step behind would be behind the Ranger bench. Not that he wouldn't want it, but I can't imagine a guy that went out in the flaming glory that he did as a head coach. It'll make for great TV and great theater. The the Rangers aren't doing that. But no way. Chris Drury is not doing that. You know, and then of course you've you've got the the uh, the old guard, John Tortorella. Yeah, for those of you that are new to listening to us, we love we are John Tortorella guys. So well, and the thing is, if you're gonna bring, if you're looking for that toughness and you're looking for that grit and you're looking for that that presence, John that, Tortorella fits that, all of that. That say it, that say, say that's it, say the word. You know, but does it fit? 
I'll argue this. People want to say, well, he ruined Marion Gabrick. He ruined this. He ruined that. And then look what they did with A.V. John Tortorella molded a lot of the guys that moved into A.V.'s system. And he also never had a full roster with the Rangers. He never did. The Rangers, a lot of those years were one-trick ponies, great defense, and a lot of really good depth players, and a really good amount of hard-nosed guys. But they didn't have... They didn't have a Panarin. They didn't have a Lafreniere. They didn't have a a Kako. Are you telling me that you were not a fan of P.A. Parento? Yeah, P.A. Parento, the guy who was terrible, and then the only time he was successful was when he was going against the Rangers. So you're saying you were not a P.A. Parento guy? No, never. This was also during an era where the Rangers drafting was just like, had really the, the... the fruits of their labor from the previous mistakes of Gordy Clark that just, oh, God. What, was Marcel Hosa with Tortorella? Was he, was he? Was he was he Tortorella or was he before Tortorella? Marcel I remember that. Everybody, he's Marion Hosa's brother. He's going to be so good. And, yeah, that, that didn't go over very well. Uh... No, he was the he was under I think he was under Tom Rennie. I know he was under Rennie, but I feel like he was on the team that choked away the three one series lead against Washington, the Sergey Federal team. Um his last year with the Rangers was two thousand seven, well, two thousand eight. Oh really? Yeah. Damn. Never yeah, and then he went to the Coyotes for a year and then he he's been in the KHL ever since. Um yeah, because I think Torts. Yeah, Torts took over two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So yeah, yeah. So Marcel yeah, Hosa was gone yeah. that. Yeah, he missed them that year. Yeah, yeah. That, those were fun. Um, but I think wasn't Jurdev. I want to say Jurdev had his Zhurdev? best season with Tortorella. I feel like he was. Or no, he might have been a Philly that year. No, two thousand eight, two thousand nine was the year that he he came over. He played the full season with the Rangers, and that was that was towards his first year as coach. And Jaredev's best career season. I can't remember. Torts Rennie was fired. Let's see, he fired when 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 Torts took over for him after being after Rennie was fired. Yeah. Rennie was like fired in Rennie mid-season. started the 08 season. Yeah, yeah. He, he was fired midpoint. Well, it's about midpoint. Just passed, actually passed the midpoint. It was in February. And Torch got them to the conference quarterfinals. Um, but, you know, only missed the playoffs under him once. He got that, the 2012 team that got to the conference finals against the Devils. That team made it interesting, but they had no business being there. Um, and then, you know, the, the tough, the, the Boston series was just brutal. Yeah. That was a brutal one. But, no, nah, he's a culture changer for sure. So, he, you know, but my, look, we've already discussed this, but if you're, you know, if, like we said, if you're listening for the first time, my short list, Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant. John Tortorella. And, and, look, Gallant's number one, and he is far and away my number one. Torts is 
you know, he would be a one one A one B scenario, but he's so far back. Like that would be. A, I think you have to put all your eggs in the Gerard Gallant basket. I think any other coach that they bring in will be a letdown. Just you know, say no to Boudreaux, say no to Babcock, say no to to. Oh, Babcock shouldn't even be on the radar. To, he shouldn't even Rick, be on anyone's radar. To Rick Tockett. And let Rick Tockett go to Seattle. My 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 third choice would be Chris Knobloch. I think he would be. It would be kind. It would be such a uh, kind of higher, but he's been with a vast majority of these guys through the minors, so he knows a lot of these players. You know, and look, if it works, it the Rangers could point to it and say, "Well, that was our John Cooper moment. We yeah. hired yeah, our minor could. league yeah. coach." And, you know, a guy who's been with the kids, who knows these players, who knows them so well, you know, he knows what makes them tick. He knows, you know, how they work, how they play. So, and that, and if people remember, that's what Tampa Bay did with, with John Cooper when they fired, I want to say it was Guy Boucher. And yeah. they let Guy Boucher go and they brought John Cooper up from Syracuse. And, you know, it took him a while, but it's a guy who knew all these players in the system had a great familiarity with all of them, and look, they're Stanley Cup champions now. So, I, yeah. I, I think I, I would say I think it would be Gerard Gallant, and then, and then Chris Knobloch would probably be the next most sensible option, and then and probably know, Tortorella after that. I know people are gonna are gonna say Jury's not gonna hire Chris Knobloch. That's not the sex. But you gotta remember. The GM at Hartford, who put Knobloch there, was Drury. Was Chris Drury. So, a yeah. little bit something to think about. So, yeah, who knows? You know, we'll see what happens. Maybe by the next time we record, because right now with the offseason, we're recording every two weeks. Um, that's going to bring unless, us. Unless something happens. Yeah, unless something drops and it's like, you know, um, if there's something that drops that's big, big news, then yeah, we'll be on. But. Um, That'll take us right up to draft week. We'll actually have a show the week of the draft. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how things all shake out. Um, and we'll kind of keep an eye on the playoffs and see. You know, people were kind of saying, oh, look look and see if, you know, if Winnipeg gets bounced out, do they fire Paul Maurice? Does he get – does he become an option? I don't think he's going anywhere, um, no. especially after this series. Um, and, you know, Dave Tippett, do I think he gets let go in Edmonton? No, but even if he did, I wouldn't want him anywhere near the Rangers either. Um, so I think really the viable, the, the most viable and sensible option is Gerard Glock. Yep. But the thing is, is that there's a couple other teams that are also out there lingering and, you know, look, hopefully look, the allure look. of New York is is enough. So Or we could just root for Nashville to beat Carolina and then we could just go get Rod the Bod. I can't. I'll tell you what, if Carolina blows that, if they fire Rod, if if they don't retain Rod Brindamore, they are beyond idiots. It will cost them. It's the only the only reason why they're not running away with the series is because they don't have a goaltender. Djokovic hasn't been bad. Djokovic has played good. It's just UC they, Saros has stood on his so, head. So you're saying Alex Djokovic has done good? No, Djokovic has done good. He's been oh you jerk. He's been he's he's had a good series. He's had a couple of tough moments. But overall, overall him and UC Soros overall, have been done, dueling it out. So you're saying they've both done good. 
They have both done good. They have not been Tristan Jari. They have not been he Sergei has been, Bobrovsky. He, he, Tristan Jari has been bad. They have he, not been. Some, some could say he's been outscored. <laughs> he's been outscored more than he scored on. Yeah. Or, oh, no, that's, oh, that's not right either. <laughs> Jesus. Can't even get it right when you're screwing it up. Uh. Oh. All right. So we'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. Who knows what happens by then? You can catch all of our stuff on the FHN.net. Uh, subscribe, like. Nick's face is like so far in the camera, I can almost see up his nose. It's quite concerning. Um, the FHN.net, again, this is 30 on Broadway. Home is the Face Off Hockey Network. And we will see you guys next time. Woof, woof. Love you.